Hello, 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 and welcome back to the CFS Transformation Podcast. Thank you for joining me. So today I'm going to speak a bit about type A personalities and the actually, I think, restrictive um, effect that label of a type A personality can have on us, something that I'm still becoming aware of myself and hopefully opening up your eyes as to why you aren't stuck being a type A personality. I think referring to yourself as being a type A personality could be disempowering you. And this is something that I kind of discovered about myself recently when I was doing some self-reflection. And I was like, why do I still call myself a type A personality as if it's some kind of disease that I have, or as if it's like a fixed part of my DNA? Like even through listening to the podcast, if you've listened in the past, I have spoken about that. I've spoken about myself. I am a type A personality. Um, But it's not really true or helpful, I've come to realise. Like I have brown hair. Okay, I have like dyed it blonde to be fair, but that is a fact. I have brown hair. I am roughly five foot seven. I have pale skin, I have blue eyes, but I don't have an inherent type A personality. It's something that I learned to have as I grew up from a very young age and through everything that I was exposed to and the beliefs that I shaped about the world. And this is true for you as well. This is true for all of us. Being a type A personality is often spoken about like it's an inherent part of your genetic makeup. And I actually, like, I apologize for speaking about it like this in the past because, well, like I've said, this is something I've just come to realize quite recently. Um, And you all know that I really believe in the power of language and we have so many limiting beliefs that we put on ourselves every day. And this, I am a type A personality is definitely one for me. But the good news that I'm sharing with you today is that we can absolutely change it and we need to start shifting the language that we use around it. What can be learned can be unlearned, right? Now, I'm no expert on genetics. I wouldn't claim to be an expert, but I know that some behavior traits can be inherited. But as for being a general type A, That comes from mostly your upbringing, of course, because that's when we are um, most, I don't want to say vulnerable, but like we're growing and shaping our belief system about the world, right? So if your family were like very pushy and demanding and always wanting the best from you, or somehow made you think that to do more is to be better, Or even if like you had a sick day off school and that was labeled as a bad thing or you were punished in some way, um, you probably started to believe that your worth and ability to be accepted, to be successful was determined by your output. This can lead to having a poor relationship with rest and ultimately having like quite a low self-worth and can often be a driving factor in why we come to have CFS. So, and I'm not, by the way, I'm not putting that like all on your family. That was just one example. Um, And probably 
even if your upbringing was like that it was all with good intention um it's just a it's always like a lack of education on everyone's part which isn't anyone's fault um but family do have a really big impact on our type a tendencies or whoever you spend your upbringing around most so it could also be friends teachers um other communities or groups that you were involved in however the main one that I'm going to speak about mostly today the one that impacts us all the same is society societal pressure we are all exposed to hustle culture which is the kind of mentality of more more is better success looks like working 50 hours a week in an office making loads of money going to the gym having three kids by the time you're 35 never pausing to be present and enjoy any of your achievements or any moments in your life but just doing and grinding and on the hamster wheel Um, hustle culture is never feeling good enough in the moment and it's literally everywhere Hustle culture is in the media, social media, technology, peer groups. It's in people around us because we're all victims of it. Um, Work, a lot of the time, especially I've noticed in bigger organizations, hustle culture is a, a really big thing, like put before any staff member's well-being is like the success of the company or whatever it is. So hustle culture is basically treating your body like a machine and taking it for granted and is a huge contributing factor for a lot of us as to why we come to a place of CFS because we've never taken a moment to pause and be present and work on our relationship with our body um, at all throughout our whole life. So what happens when we grow up believing that our ability to be accepted and to have status or success is determined, excuse me, is determined by how much we do or how perfect we are in, in some way or in some cases like what we look like. This is when we become a type A. That's when we start adopting Or maybe I shouldn't even say when we become a type A. Like this is when we start adopting the behaviours that associate um, with a type A personality. And those behaviours can be vast. They can be, I'll give some examples. So overworking, um, obsessive cleaning, chronic dieting or restriction, poor relationship with exercise, whether that's punishment or not doing any always trying to achieve and please and put other people first, a lack of mindfulness, perfectionism is associated with being a type A personality, always feeling like you should be doing something else and a lack of presence. Um, Some other behaviours that are associated with being a type A personality but are less spoken about Um, are things like attracting relationships that bring more stress or drama into your life never letting yourself feel present which can lead to a poor sex life lack of connection lots of irritability generally and 
also this feeling, this underlying feeling of like you don't know your purpose in life. Basically overall discomfort in who you are because you've never taken the time to get to know who you are or what health looks like on you or what your values are in life. So just feeling a bit lost, but also like completely like you're trying so hard. You don't have to have all of these behaviors <laughs> to be a type A. Um, they can be very subtle and show up in lots of like sneaky different ways. Um, these are just some, some of the more sort of classic examples that I can think of off the top of my head. Um, so all of these behaviors, all the type A behaviors that make you a type A personality have one thing in common. And that is that you don't feel good enough as you are. And slash or you are avoiding sitting with some kind of emotion or emotional discomfort. There's a lack of emotional awareness and regulation. That's what fuels these behaviors. It's they can be um, like a, a survival strategy or a coping mechanism to help you avoid feeling what you're feeling and that again isn't that's quite quite um like accepted in terms of society because we're never encouraged to sit with our emotions we're never taught how to regulate our emotions really like it's not something I became aware of until well until I got CFS and was like forced to look into these kinds of things um so Okay, so this leads me on then to how we start to shed our type A personality. And I think, firstly, something we all need to do is accept that being a type A personality, while it isn't born into you, it is your default. Like I just said, it's been your way of surviving for so, so long that it's not going to go away quick or easy. Trust me, I've been working on this for the best part of a decade and you're never going to get it perfect. And this is kind of how sneaky our behaviors and tendencies are. Like sometimes we can go into trying to perfectly stop being a type A personality, right? <laughs> being a type A Thinking more is better is my default way of thinking. It's so ingrained into my brain and my body. I have to call myself out on it time and time again when I catch myself. Um, you know, sometimes I, I'm finding it hard to rest or uh, neglecting what my body needs or even with the perfectionism. Like my brain's like, yes, I will perfectly stop trying to be a perfectionist. And I'm just like, hmm. <laughs> when I get that moment of awareness, I'm like, oh God, I'm doing it again. Like I'm just redirecting my perfectionism onto like healing or perfectly trying to be a well-rounded human. And it's like a, a whole, um, the, the whole point of being a well-rounded human is that you accept the imperfection. You don't try and do it perfectly. And a lot of the time for me as well, it's like I'm re 
redirecting my habits of wanting to control my body through exercise to controlling it through work or um, something like this, right? Don't get me wrong, like it's a lot more subtle for me now and thankfully it doesn't result in chronic symptoms anymore. And it's a lot easier to do this work when you come away from the symptomatic part of CFS, which you all will at some point. Um, But it is important I think to start gaining awareness around this throughout your recovery because like I kind of just touched on it's super common to want to do recovery perfectly or pace perfectly or respond to your symptoms perfectly or fall into the toxic positivity trap of only feeling your perfect happy emotions and when you have a bad day or you feel fear or hard emotions you label it as bad and start self-criticizing right like this is all perfectionism this is all type a So now I kind of just see it as like a game. Like when I, when can I catch myself out and even try and have a sense of humor with it? It's not about critiquing yourself or feeling guilt or shame around your type A behaviors. Even things like um, emotional eating or scrolling can be uh, quite a, not necessarily a type A tendency, but it's definitely an avoidance tendency to avoid feeling what you might be feeling sometimes. So instead of judging yourself and critiquing yourself, let's come at it from a place of curiosity and compassion about these type A tendencies or the avoidance tendencies and how and where they manifest. Um, And if you can have a sense of humor with it, which you won't be able to all the time, but sometimes, I think that can really help because what you're going through can feel so heavy and serious and we can have a lot of judgment on ourselves and really resent our brain and our thought patterns for doing what it does. I think bringing some lightness back in and having a little bit of a sense of humor can actually be a really nice um, uplifting medicine. Okay, so what was I saying? Acceptance, that is think the first step accepting that um being a type a isn't born into you but it is your default and it's not going to go away super easily so it's just about gaining more awareness and getting curious and compassionate it will take many trial and errors to change these long-standing behaviors also one of my favorite things to support, I suppose, coming away from from our type A tendencies when we can is some form of emotional regulation to deepen your ability to sit with your emotions and be accepting of them, to be able to even name them and just label them and notice what sensations are going on in your body, what emotions are going on in your body, where you feel it. We call this interception. And it's about increasing mind-body connection, developing safety in your body, getting to know yourself again with curiosity, without fear. Um, Or the need to, we wanna come away from having the need to mask what we're feeling emotionally with some kind of self-sabotaging or avoidance behavior. Not perfectly, but most of the time we want to develop this awareness and emotional regulation 
is so, 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 so powerful for your recovery and after your recovery as well. Like it's something you've probably been very unfamiliar with up until now and it's likely been driving a lot of your behaviors. So starting to practice emotional regulation through being aware of your emotions, through using an emotions wheel, through journaling, through coaching, therapy, whatever it is. Um, I have another, a, whole, a whole nother podcast on emotional regulation if you wanna learn more about that. Okay, the final thing that would be helpful when we're looking at trying to change some of our type A tendencies is to check your intention behind your action. A lot of the time, the action itself can um, still be like an important part of our life. I'm going to use exercise as an example. So I used to use exercise as like a form of escapism or punishment. So like it would come from a place of wanting to punish or change my body It was never, I am going to go for a walk or go to the gym because I love my body and I know she needs this and I want to support her health. It was always, I wanted to change what my body looked like or um, I wanted to escape what I was feeling or I felt some kind of discomfort. So I'm like, I'm just going to fill this time with going and like battering myself at the gym, right? It never had a good intention behind the action. When I kind of worked through all of that and came out the other end imperfectly um I started to like I exercise now right but the intention is completely different the action is the same the intention the majority of the time is uh love and compassion for my body I have so much respect for my body that I know she deserves to exercise regularly equally if she's feeling like having a rest day or is feeling a bit unwell or just low energy whatever it is then that's absolutely fine and she has unconditional permission to rest. The intention behind the action is the same um, and this makes the whole world of difference. And a lot of the behaviours we can have, like um, habits with eating or in relationships or um, work, it's your intention and your why behind why you're doing it. And it also kind of means you need to get curious about your values and what is most important to you in life. I work quite a lot. And to some people, the amount I work would be considered overworking. But for me, the phase I'm at in my life, my values, like I don't have kids. I don't have, um, (laughs) I'm trying to think of something else. I don't really have anything else going on in my life except my relationships, friendships, and um, my partner, like that is important to me. And my health is a value of mine, but like work is a big value of mine. So it makes sense that I spend a lot of time working. Most of the time I enjoy it. Sometimes it's hard, obviously there's hard parts to everything, but the action of me working a lot, it's I know that for me, it's not overworking, right? because it's in alignment with my values and I still nourish the other parts of my health and values that are important to me having a feeling of well-being right but this will be completely different for you and unique to your set of values what's important to you in your life 
at this phase, at this moment. And if you're in a moment where you are having chronic symptoms, um, then now's the time to start like visualizing and getting curious about what you want your life to look like. You can still get to know your values even if you're not physically able to execute a lot of these actions at the minute. It's never too early to get curious about these things. Um, and when I think when it comes to understanding our intention behind our action and what is healthy for us and what's not healthy for us, we have to know our values. And it looks completely unique and individual on every single one of us. That's why I really have like an issue with like giving out like health advice generally isn't appropriate unless you know someone's values and you know what's important to them. So if you take nothing else from this podcast, it's to have acceptance around being a type A is probably quite ingrained into you. That doesn't mean you can't start to change it. And also getting curious about your values and what health looks like on you to help you make decisions about what actions, what behaviours are going to be supportive of that. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you. If you do get value from this podcast, I would love it if you could share, follow or review it simply so it can continue to grow and reach more people suffering with CFS. It'll take you less than a minute, but it could change someone else's life for the better.